When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is Will Mavity's interview with the composer and soundtrack producer for Top Gun Maverick, Lauren Balfe. What do we have here? Yeah, here I thought we were special. Fellas, this here's Bagman. Hangman. Whatever. What the hell kind of mission is this? Everyone here is the best there is. Who the hell are they going to get to teach us? Captain Pete Maverick Mitchell. Let me be perfectly blunt. You are not my first choice. You are here at the request of Admiral Kazansky, AKA Iceman. He seems to think that you have something left to offer the Navy. What that is, I can't imagine. With all due respect, sir, I'm not a teacher. Just want to manage expectations. Captain speaking. And we're off. Here we go. In three, two, one. We're going into combat on a level no living pilot's ever seen. Not even him. You think up there you're dead. Believe me. My dad believed in you. I'm not gonna make the same mistake. Someone's not coming back from this. Those are your pilots. Anything happens to them. You will never forgive yourself. No turning back now. Having any fun yet? So, uh, yeah, when I was watching the Top Gun credits, it was interesting because there's uh, Gaga, Faltermeyer, and Zimmer are the music by, and then it's the whole thing is produced by Lauren Balfe. So are you kind of like the big kahuna of this? Were you like oh, no, managing? No, no. <laughs> no I, 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 I'm not going to take credit for being the big kahuna. I'll take credit for managing, but not being the big kahuna, because I think, I think those three are big enough names <laughs> I, I don't i don't i don't i don't fit into that sentence somehow so it was um yeah it was it, I mean, credits are nonsense half the time anyway but but it was just it just seemed it just seemed easier and kind of how we understood it you know i i wrote i wrote on it i wrote a lot on it also but it was just you know harold was the harold was the birth of this of this school Right, uh, you know, without without him, there uh, there just wouldn't be the, the that famous anthem that is our ringtone. Well, it's, it's my ringtone, uh, but <laughs> it, you know, it, it's and and 
and Lady Gaga's song is so part of the DNA and 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 also I didn't start on it in the beginning I came on uh, they 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 started when I was still on Bad Boys so mm. I was I was a bit late so um no it, it's it's I know it's 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 confusing but I wouldn't read too much into it well, you said you managed them. So tell me a little bit. I mean, you said you came in late, but working with three very distinct sounds like that, like Faltermeyer, yeah. you know, he's got the, this 80s sound. Obviously, Gaga, you know, it's a totally unique thing. And then Zimmer, you know, you don't even need to say it. They're all three very distinct voices and you merge them yes. together. So tell me yeah, about well, that. I, management I, think, I think it's also just it's, it's the fact it's the nature of when I say I came in late, I'm still on it for three years. It's not, oh, wow. <laughs> you know, COVID really affected things significantly and time wise and, and recording wise. We were meant to have an orchestra and we, we couldn't. We had to record mm. every, all the musicians were in their front sitting rooms <laughs> record, re- recording themselves. So, so it was, it was a different, totally different way of working. And, and I think it was, it was, we were all split on, in different places. You know, it started off, Harold was in L.A. He'd been there for about a year working on the film, and then he left and he went home. Hans was in L.A. for a bit, and he was in, um, and then he was in London. I was in L.A. You know, we, we were all just different continents. So it was about how do we kind of, yeah, how do we make all one, one connecting story musically? Because, because, you know, the song is at the end, Mm-hmm. But it's it's threaded throughout the movie. It's little, you know, the first time we hear it is actually at the end of the Dark Star sequence. Really? The very Not beginning? Not necessarily pinpoint. Yeah, it's, it's at the end of the Dark Star sequence. So, so, you know, it starts being thread. And, and also it was about trying to kind of make that such an iconic theme, not feel where it's just we're trying to do we're trying to be nostalgic. Mm-hmm. You know, we wanted to kind of make it make it present day. It, it was three years, three and a half years. Us all working on it. It was a long, it was a long journey. But but it was about making it all connect. And that was it. Was it, 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 it's funny when you kind of go watch it and it's finished, and you kind of go, <laughs> oh, that was three that was three and a half years. But it, but it was a very it was it was a long complicated task making sure everything felt like one voice really when you, because when you've got more more people it can make it more difficult so oh, it's yeah. just about about making it all connect you know connecting tissue well one thing i was curious about then is how did gaga go from just writing the theme song to we're gonna weave this into everything to the point that she's going to become one of the composers well it, it's it's that theme is, it's not, I think when you look at some so- songs that, that are in movies, they're, they're plain and simple needle drops. Mm-hmm. That song is in it, and then that's it. And that is not it. That song is about, it's not my quote, it's Tom's quote, but that, that song is, it's a love letter to aviation also. Mm-hmm. And it's not just about being a song at the end of the movie. It's about that, that theme is throughout. And it was, it was just, it made sense that she had to, she was a composer. It's, yeah. it's, it's part of that. The theme is used um, and it felt right that she should be part of 
you know, the team and not just the song at the end of the movie. You know, you guys uh, obviously you incorporate, as you said, Falter Meyer's classic Top Gun theme and then obviously Hold My Hand. But are any of the other classic songs kind of Danger Zone? There? I was wondering, is Danger yes. Zone weaved into the score? Oh, yeah, yeah. No. Danger Zone is, is, Danger Zone is, you see, I'm a massive fan of, of loyalty to our memories of, of, of films. And, and, and I've worked in a few franchises now. I've worked in Terminator, Bad Boys, Mission Impossible. Um, and I know how the audience feel because I watched those movies. And I, yeah. and I know how it feels when you hear that theme. So, you know, it's, it's like when you're playing a video game, a version of the film, and you don't hear the music from it. It makes no sense. It's like, mm -hmm. there goes your kind of emotional attachment to it. So Danger Zone is, and the Danger Zone is in a few of the action sequences. And, and you know, sometimes it's a nod, uh, but, it's, but it's the same as Harold's main top, uh, the main anthem. It, we, we kind of started looking at it and thought, well, we don't always have to do the whole theme. You could just do the mm -hmm. first three notes and that already hits your heart. So. Yeah, it, it was it was important to try to kind of have little nods to uh, Danger Zone and kind of whether whether it was obvious or not, they're definitely in there because that song is part of that is part of the film. Yeah, what are so, is there a track I should look for? Because now I'm going to comb through the soundtrack trying to find the uh, the Danger Zone notes. Um, yes, <laughs> you're not going to tell me. There's the first, the first instance is when they get to the enemy air, uh, air the, the enemy um, airport, mm -hmm. and, they're and they're they're stealing the plane. Oh yeah, okay. Coming up on Five Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. And, yeah. and and it's elongated. The, the theme there is elongated version of it. And then we and it actually then you hear it. Um, where is the next one? Um, you will hear it just before the takeoff uh, on the carrier. Mm. It's on the carrier. Yeah. So so it's 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 in yeah. places. I'll I'll keep an ear out for that now. You just have oh. to go back into the IMAX again, you see. You just have to <laughs> yeah, they got to put it back in the IMAX. I'm so mad they placed it with Jurassic World. Oh, is it World. gone already? Oh. It's gone in a lot of them. Yeah, there was a IMAX just had a tweet yesterday being like, petition IMAX to bring us back. Yeah, um, absolutely. People, there's weirdest thing. I know, like, friends are only now going. Well, it, uh, yeah, let me see if it's still... Uh, I just know it lost a big chunk of its IMAX uh, screen. Maybe it's still got a couple. I'll, I'll keep an eye out. But it lost a big chunk to Jurassic World, and everyone wants it to come back because it's that's the way to see it, man. Just blow your eardrums oh. out. Yeah, I've seen it in IMAX. I've seen it in uh, Screen X. 
Oh, is that where it like makes your seat vibrate and stuff? No, no, it's just it's a different vision. So that you've got the screen in front, and then you've got two uh, either side where the walls are. They're actually no, screens. Cool. Yeah, it's it's very very interesting. But no, I could I I, I wasn't my back isn't ready for the DX <laughs> version. Forty X, that's what it is. Uh, okay, so one thing I was curious about is you know you have. Obviously, the classic Top Gun theme in here, but it's totally revamped. You've got new orchestrals. You've got drums overlying it. So tell me about reworking Harold's classic Top Gun theme instead of just literally using the same track. It sounds weightier now. You know, the, the thing is, is that I think one thing Hans and I were wanting to try to do with it was to just to... Firstly, the, the soundtrack to the original never got released. Really? Harold's school never got an official um, release, soundtrack release. So, the, mm. so, so kind of just, just tracking down the original um, soundtrack was difficult. But I think we experimented. At one point, you know, the school was very more electronic than mm. what it is now. And it just didn't, it didn't work. It, it missed emotion. And... It, and it felt a bit like a parody. So that's when we kind of mm -hmm. started going to the orchestra. But it really was about kind of just try, trying to figure out if, if Harold had written that theme now, what would he do with it? Mm. And it, it was very what, what Chris McQuarrie and, and I tried to do on Fallout with, with the famous Lalo Schifrin theme. It, it, was, it was, what would you do if that theme was written now? Not, not kind of try to kind of, be nostalgic and write a parody of of music it's it's okay this theme is now what do you do with it so we tried to kind of give it a modern just a, a modern approach and, and and be loyal to it not necessarily try to kind of change it too much which i just you know, wouldn't I, I didn't think it would have given we'd been too radical with it yeah just not get given that excitement which which i heard in the cinema you know when when it plays People were cheering. So yeah. it's, it's. I think it's about it's about honoring the past and then just just trying to kind of freshen it up somehow. So you said everyone, uh, all of your your musicians, we had to record their instruments individually because of COVID. Yeah, yeah. Wow. We, we start. We the thing is, is that that was the kind of the beginning of of how we kind of ended up having to record in life. It's been a long journey because the last session I had was Black Widow. Mm. And that was the and that was the last session at Abbey Road, and the day we finished, Abbey Road closed down for four months. Oh man! So so the concept of recording film schools changed, and and musicians had to kind of they had no work, they, yeah. they had no income, and so they had to kind of change the way they looked, uh, they worked, and had to get home recording setups and and. Top Gun, when we were recording, was one of those first projects. So it was, yes, we had, everybody had to be remote. Uh, and unlike normally, when they get to hear each other, it all had to be done separately. So it oh was a, God. but in one respect, it kind of changed the sound of it. It, it, mm -hmm. it was fewer musicians, but I think because of that, it made it, it made it bigger. It's not, mm. you don't always need more, you don't always need more musicians just to make a big sound. It's, who the musicians are and you know we we got the best of the best and and that was the way people worked for 
maybe two a year and a half because even when studios started opening you weren't allowed to have as many people in you, you <laughs> couldn't record choirs because they had to be separated and so it's we're it's slowly coming back to normality well not, let, i mean not. let's hope so i mean it obviously worked out great for this because i've been listening to the score non-stop but i mean i guess Good. yeah for for musicians livelihood of course you want no. everyone but they, but, but but all the musicians lost their job. They 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 lost their jobs. Many retired to mm. early retirement because they, uh, and many just got out of the industry because it was there was no they're That's they're freelance sad. freelance business people. So they had nothing to do. But we're That's actually sweet. in the middle of trying to make we're we're trying to organize just the soundtrack release at the moment of the school. Because mm. the fir- the first one had the songs also, so I'm working on that tonight, trying to t- trying to make a, 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 a the the full school to the film. Oh, I love that! How many hours a- of music total would there be on there? Or like, I not I mean, how long would this be? Because I bet you guys wrote a bunch of stuff that didn't make it in the film, right? Quite a lot, yes. But but sometimes. Sometimes there's a reason why it didn't get used. <laughs> yeah. Uh, was there ever, uh, did anyone think about including or like incorporating Take My Breath Away at any point? I, you know, interesting enough, everybody kind of was like, you can't beat that song. That song's so good. That's good. But it was, it had nothing to do with this film. Yeah. It was more about like the, him and the Kelly McGillis character and not. Yes. Yeah. And it's a different love story. Yeah. And. It would have just, it would have just, uh, it 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 would have made sense, I suppose, maybe just to the net, the the kind of the, the world of Top Gun, but it, it just it didn't make any connection to any of the characters and and their and their story, and and that's why this new song did, and it mm-hmm. was it was about this new love story, but also I think this, yeah, you you see that there's lots of different aspects of love in the film there's there's you know there are there's friendships the whole all the pilots and their loyalty to each other and um and the the concept of you know wingman losing somebody who's who's the of a brother so it was a different it's a different love story so that's it it wasn't yeah it wasn't ever thought of really one of my favorite tracks in this that I've listened to over and over again is uh, it's Landing slash The Man, The Legend. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, 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 yes. Okay, so, I mean, you've discussed bits and pieces of that, but tell me just a little bit about that track because it's probably my favorite track from anything this year so far. Oh, wow. Well, I think it's, it's again, weirdly enough, it wasn't, that one was kind of came on later on the day that it was the, the hardest track was Dark Star, actually. Mm. And Dark Star then led us to that that cue um, on, in regards to kind of how to kind of what is our voice and what is our tone. And I think also what, what was happening was that we were the way that we were working was sometimes we were kind of writing music, not necessarily to picture. Mm-hmm trying different approaches and Ryan, Ruben and Seal, who are our music editors were, were, you know, taking different types of music that weren't necessarily meant to kind of be in a certain scene and trying it in other places. And, and that scene was, 
one of those kind of experiments where where you you write something you don't necessarily know where it fits but you know it, it belongs to the film um yeah but the dark star cue kind of was the thing that clicked for us mm. and that's what led this path to all the other cues really um because danger zones and dark star actually okay yes yeah. you, you've got top gun the theme and and danger zone in that in the dark star cue so so there you've got both elements at the same time i gotta go listen to dark star that's yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's what we're getting at Okay, and then uh, last question. You've already worked with a slew of directors, both independently and in the scores you collaborated with Hans on. Uh, yeah. is, who's one director you would love to work with? Ooh. <laughs> Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. You know what's really in Hans always, I, I worked with Hans for 15 years. Yeah. And the best advice that I ever got was he said, don't, don't work with somebody based on the script, based, based on the team. Mm. And I think when you, that's the way to kind of look at it because somebody can get excited about a film and you can read the script. And we all know that by the time they start shooting, that script can be totally different. Yeah. And, and even when they are shooting, the script changes. So, so it's, a different, it's a difficult thing to say. And, and I think that, you know, I, I, working... When I started, uh, when I realised kind of what I wanted to do when I was 16 or 17... I, I got into film because of three people, and it was Jerry Bruckheimer, Michael Bay, and Hans Zimmer. Mm-hmm. And all and all of those people's films meant and mean something to me. And and when watching films like Crimson Tide or The Rock or Conair, oh, you know, so good. All, all all of these films are, uh, are why I got into movies. So to kind of work. On ambulance is an utter privilege uh, because yeah. I get to work with Michael, who, who I think ambulance was. I think it. I personally think it's probably, probably his best movie, um, mm. and he's just got a, such a unique voice. And and then Chris McQuarrie, you know, my goodness, you look at how he started the the Usual Suspect. You know, like, how perfect is that? Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> that script is impeccable. Oh, and and you know, kind of. Being able to, Fallout came on a couple of weeks ago and I, I never watch anything I've done and I, <laughs> I just kept watching and he, he just is a genius at telling um, telling stories. But it, that's a difficult... I, I, yeah, I, 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 I got you. It's, t- it's tough. It's, it's, yeah. it's tough because the thing is, is that there's plenty of directors that... Gosh, let me think. You know, I've, I've said, you know, it's interesting because I think 
people that you admire kind of also have got their composers. Of course, they, they, yeah. They, yeah. They, and, and you look at somebody like Tim Burton, you go, well, that, that would be... It would always be Danny Elfman. Yeah, yeah it, it's always going to be with Danny. So looks like you got... Uh, I'm looking at what you got next. You got some Matthew Vaughn coming, Argyle. Yeah, and, and, Ma- and Matthew's another great example of... It's been just... It's been great that... You know, we we we're n- I'm no longer based in in Los Angeles now, mm-hmm. and um, and by kind of a, a, just a kind of luck, kind of got introduced to Matthew and and working on um, Argyle with him, and it, and it's brilliant. So I've always loved all of his films, and yeah, I mean, it, you know, it very just very fortunate to kind of work yeah. with people who who I sit and watch their movies. Oh yeah. So it's it's um. I think I yeah I'd have to. I'm going to be thinking about this question for the next couple of weeks. Somebody yeah. somebody asked me a couple of weeks ago, and they said, "Who who do you see as like up and coming or interesting com- film composers?" And I went dead. I was like, uh, I couldn't think of it. You know who's really then, good is Nicholas Brutel. Oh Nick, yes, yeah, yeah. No Nick, Nick is. I was watching Succession on the flight over. He just nails it perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, I'm kind of a, I think I'm an honest composer. And like a lot of people, when I say, I, I watch stuff and I sit there, I go, yeah, I could do better. Or, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, and and um, uh, that's not very good. Why did they do that? But, but with Nick, you sit there, you go, ah, damn, what a good idea. You yeah. know, it's like, it's it's and it's, and it's it's the same with with hands you know my goodness he just it, it's every decade he has created a for the last four decades yeah. probably the dune score oh if you are able to go and see his live shows because you just sit and you go oh my god i forgot he did that i forgot <laughs> driving the stacy i forgot this and it's really kind of an encyclopedia of filmmakers and yeah. and and his relationship you know with ridley Scott and it's 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 just a, an amazing show and the music stands alone. You don't see any footage of the film. It's mm. just a standalone piece. So oh, that's cool. Highly well, recommend it, Lauren. I think we're about out of time, but thank you so much for taking the time to chat. I can't wait to hear uh, your Mission Impossible parts one and two scores too. That you well, the, something- the, 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 te- the teaser's in the trailer. Yeah, I was I was already enjoying like listening to that. I mean, it get my heart pumping just listening to that. Yeah. So well, we're we're releasing that on Friday, the actual music. Really? Oh yeah. As a, as a set as a separate track, because I think that so many people put a lot of work into that. You never get to record an orchestra for a trailer. It just doesn't mm-hmm. happen. Oh, me! I'm sure I made an utter mistake, and somebody has done it. <laughs> uh, but um, and I apologize, but. But I've never done it, and and Tom and McHugh really, um, when working on it, they 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 felt strongly that we should we should be doing that. So it was great, and you know, a fantastic choir. So so yes, yeah, so that's going to come out. That's going to come out Friday, and mm. um, and also on a side note, all of the musicians, the whole music team, we I got them to sign the school, and we're doing a raffle to raise money for the Highland Hospice up in scotland really and um so so it's the school that the musicians used on the session and then they've all signed it also so oh, that's it's, so cool it's, it's on my 
my it's on my socials as the young people say <laughs> well lauren thank you so much it's been a pleasure my pleasure i'm so Amazing sorry score. so sorry i was late oh it happens man Damn it technology happens. <laughs> All right, thanks so much. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to Will Mavity's interview with the composer and soundtrack producer for Top Gun Maverick, Lauren Bell, here on the Next Best Picture podcast. Top Gun Maverick is up for your consideration for Best Original Song for Hold My Hand at this year's Academy Awards. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. Watch them in unforgettable adventures, love affairs, and tragedies. Now it's time to hear their own remarkable stories. From the makers of Death of a Rockstar and Death of a Sports Star, this is Death Ready. of a Film Star. And Starring Heath Ledger, Marilyn Monroe, Chadwick Boseman, Robin Williams, Carrie Fisher, and Bruce Lee. Search for Death of a Film Star in your podcast app. You've seen them tell stories. Now it's time to tell theirs.